You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 100 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and now our headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week, it's all about the build-up to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We'll be discussing what happened during the opening night and trying to figure out why all of a sudden the Chiefs players are being booed. Plus, we'll be giving you our first look at the 49ers whilst trying to figure out how the Chiefs can win against yet another NFL powerhouse. But first... Vegas, baby! Vegas! Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's in Y'all are firing me up and making me want to play right now, baby! <laughs> Woo! I love the booze, man. I love the cheers, baby. Keep them coming, Niners gang. Keep them coming. I appreciate it, Niners Nation. We're here. Oh! Niners! Niners fans, he's calling you out! It's fans, we trust, baby! <laughs> Let's go, Casey! Here it is, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. Opening night has been and gone, and we got to see the players answer questions from the media. And, Matt, the excitement is building, isn't it, Tom? Building for episode 100 of the Great British Heat Show, yeah? That's, <laughs> that's what it's building for, right? Yeah, like, yeah, we're not doing anything special for it, you know. Let's stop. Let's, let's just hold up a second. Whack the Super Bowl for a second. We made it to 100 shows. 100 <laughs> podcasts. It's on this particular it? show. Like, Pete and Steve allowed this show to get to 100 episodes. 100! <laughs> The fools. <laughs> Just <laughs> like again, fuck the Super Bowl. Let's have a round of applause for that. Like, you know, like that well was done. yeah. That's that's a, a feat in itself, that man. Well really done, good. well done to us because we deserve all of the credit here. But also, well done to our listeners because it's been your reviews and your listens that have made them keep us on the air and like when we first started this show what was it two and a half three years ago we started off as like a monthly fill-in 
basically just to tie the off season over. That was that's all it was. That's all that Pete was using us and abusing us for a monthly show, just to like make the schedule look a bit busier. But then all of a sudden we got given this weekly show, and then we got given this in season weekly show, and we've gone what for a hundred episodes. This is our third full season now of the Great British Cheese Show, and we're sitting here a hundred episodes. That was Man, centenary. That, cool. that was cool. centenary. Centenary episode, three days, four days before the Super Bowl. Like, go us. Go T- us. I tell you what, this was cricket. This is a good innings, this, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> our, bat, our bat is raised. We're, <laughs> We're taking the applause much. with the bats raised. Thank you very much. Partnership reaches 100. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, just, like, I can't, I cannot believe they allowed us to get to 100 episodes. Don't, it must I, mean I, they don't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think they actually listen. I, therefore, I don't think they realise we're still here. <laughs> we're just, just doing these show. shows. Just, you know. <laughs> Imposter alert. <laughs> just, I mean, it's a shame that we couldn't celebrate the show by getting a guest on. But, you know, things change really fast in the NFL. And um, we did have a guest lined up. But, you know. I don't think we'll be hearing much of that particular person in the next few, <laughs> the next few days. Well, of what goes on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind um, of went out the window. The, the, the special guest. Yeah. We, we, we did have somebody lined up. We really did. And um, it was going to be really kind of Super Bowl related. It was really going to be Chiefs related. And yeah, unfortunately, um, the communication lines of communication kind of went dead all of a sudden. Um and uh, yeah, so we're just gonna have to—I don't know—I don't know, maybe just kick back in this episode, maybe smoke a Joe Burrow or something. It's a shame because it was going to um, be a really influential episode as well. That's what it was. It really was going to be that. Uh, yeah. It was. It yeah. was. I mean, but, you know, these things happen. Mate. You just got to roll with the punches sometimes, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Got to roll with the punches, but um, yeah, you never know. We might be able to get them on later on. Maybe 101 episodes. Episode, episode one hundred and one. Two- Maybe in about two to ten years' time, we can get them on again. I don't know. <laughs> Mate, if we could get Chiefs of Holicon, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? It would have been good. Oh, but anyway. That's my, that is my dream guest. That Honestly, that is my dream guest. I would love to get... like When he releases his memoirs, and I hope he does release his memoirs one day, yeah. a bit like Peter King or something like that. Like, Peter King, Stephen King. <laughs> Peter King's memoirs. Peter King! Yeah. Well, when Chiefsaholic releases his memoirs, I'll absolutely be reading them. 100%. They've got to do a film about it, haven't they? What do you think? They've got to do a dramatised film about it, you know. The Wolf of Wall Street Part 2. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're sidetracking here. We're sidetracking. But yeah, um, Congratulations, those 100 episodes. This is really fantastic. I just want to thank everybody for, for who listens to this mm-hmm. this crap, basically. Just us spouting on um, every mm-hmm. every episode, you know, and uh, and talking about our passion, basically, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. And, um, yeah, we, we feel really privileged to to do this, and uh, we we enjoy every show that we do. We have a good laugh about it. And, and it, at the end of the day, it's like us just two mates having a chat and it just over a bit. But, well, I'm having a drink of beer. You, you're you three beers in, aren't you? Yeah, I'm I'm currently on a course at Heathrow Airport of all places. So I'm away from home. Hence why the internet's a bit dodgy. The connection might not be too great. But yeah. that course finished, what, two and a half hours ago. So I've already been to the bar. 
waiting for you to come on for the last three hours. So yeah, you know, um, I'm a few beers deep. That's why I might be slurring my words slightly. I might be being a bit brave of what I'm saying as well. But um, yeah, that, I, make, make is, sure you're not driving this, anywhere. This this is the dream. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not flying. I'm not a pilot. Don't drive <laughs> yeah. anywhere, mate. Please. Nearly yeah. <laughs> 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 didn't didn't have you oh, on mate. the podcast there. Hey, do you know what that took me about a minute to get? No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, I you know, living this dream. Like just sitting here recording the greatest podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, despite what uh, Ron Hughley, Ron the show Hughley says, this is the best podcast on the network. And I know Steve will probably cut that out because he's part of show and BK and he's part of the editor's show. So he probably thinks they're number one and number two, but we all know the great British show, chief show here. They're the ones that do the heavy lifting of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We are the guys that do the heavy lifting. Like basically, you're Trent McDuffie and I'm Legereus Sneed. That, that, yeah. that is essentially it of the podcast network i don't know who pat mahomes is the pat mahomes could be like stags or something like that but we are <laughs> speeding mcduffie this year right let's get into opening night because uh, i mean i've been lapping this up i mean you know what i was like in the last show i was wearing all the chiefs gear i was proper in i was dripping full of chiefs gear and in fact i've even bought more swag that's coming as well which um you know i'm trying to hopefully praying that it actually comes from where i actually go to liverpool to go and watch the game which incidentally we're not going to be together for the first time since the Tampa Bay game in Super Bowl 55. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, which I hope it's not a bad omen because normally when we're together at a Super Bowl, we win the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're going to be in London. I'm going to be in Liverpool. Yeah. In fact, you're going to be in Barcelona, then London, and then I'm going to be in Liverpool. So mm-hmm. hopefully this is not a bad omen. Hopefully not. Um, but if it means that, if they do lose and then we have to be forced to go to every Super Bowl after that, me and Tom are very much happy to do that for the kingdom if we need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I but- love the fact that we feel like we're so important that our watching <laughs> locations and who we're with actually matters. Like, I used to do that as a kid. Like when I used to watch Arsenal or England, like whenever we watched them, it was like mum could not be in the room. It's like, mum, <laughs> if you're in the room, Arsenal will never score. In fact, the other team will score or whoever England will play will score. And as soon as mum walked out, it'd be like, ah, Arsenal scored, England scored. Mum would walk back in. We're like, no, go away, mum, go away, mum, go away. Make a cup of tea or something. Exactly. (laughs) Go get off his fingers and waffles. It's fine, mum. Just go get that. But I just love the fact that we feel like we're that important, that the the fact that me and you aren't watching the game together this weekend for the first time in a few years, not in person, obviously means that the 49ers are going to absolutely battle the Chiefs. Mate, I'm all for superstitions. If it means we get Super Bowl tickets for life when the Chiefs <laughs> yeah. are playing, yeah. I'm all for it, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, opening night. So, uh, yeah, the lot went on and I've been lapping everything up, basically, that that, that uh, has been going on here. All of the audio, I've been watching it and constantly re-watching it and trying to analyse what does the players mean by that? And does it... I'm a bit like a Swifty in a way, you know. What, why is... Taylor Swift wearing denim this week. I was a bit like that with watching Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, just analysing every little bit out there. And and I I came to the conclusion, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Opening night. Yes. It's a bit of fun. They get the players on the stage. I mean, they had Kelsey and Kittle pretty much living a bromance. You know, no, you're the best. No, you're the greatest. No, 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 you're the best. No, no. You hang up first. No, you hang up. You hang up first. I love you. I love you more. I love you the most. <laughs> your, your beard's so nice. No, but your beard's really nicer. It's, it's, it's like, well, yeah. come on. We're on a bit of feist. I want a bit of, you know, 
bit of rivalry going. No, no, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. That's what I want to hear from them. But their bromance is just too much. It's just far too much. But it was good to see them really relaxed. I think that was the main thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was relaxed until they started booing Travis Kelsey. The whole stadium was booing them because it was obviously held in in, uh, the Raiders Stadium, uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium. And uh, the boos that were ringing out every time there was a Chiefs player talking, the boos. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love this era of the Chiefs now, the villain era of the Chiefs, where we are the team to beat. And the players are also feeling it as well because, I mean, Travis Kelsey was like, you're booing. I really want to. I, I want to play now. He's basically saying, "I want to yeah. go now because you're doing it." I'm loving this. Yeah. Chris Jones was exactly the same. You know, he was hyping everybody up, and he was he was saying everything to get a reaction from the crowd there. And it was honestly, it was like pantomime. It really was mm-hmm. like pantomime. And I was I was at a point when I thought, you know, I don't I don't think I ever want to see the Chiefs being in the position where they're like hated all the time. But right now, I'm absolutely loving this. I don't know about you. I am. Um... All here for the Chiefs being the bad guys. Like we've we've had conversations on this podcast before where bad guys don't win enough in films, yeah. especially. Like I'm all for bad guys winning in films, the heroes dying in films. Like, like that's that's a yeah. bit of me. And I am here for this this villain era for the lack of a better term that's not related to Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, I'm up for this vi- villain era of the Chiefs journey as it is with patching moments because i feel like it will do full circle when they will come back around to this mm. point where people teams will people will start to appreciate them but right now everyone <laughs> hates the chiefs and it's excellent but the reason why they hate them is because they're so good and they are proving everyone wrong all of the damn time that's the problem like people yeah. hate being wrong and a lot of people including us have been very, very wrong about this particular team this year. Yeah. And for this Chiefs team to have the audacity to just to flip the switch in January and go on this run and knock off three very, very good teams in the Dolphins, the Bills, and then the Ravens, the last two being in their own house, that weren't supposed to happen. No one was predicting that. So what they've gone and done is they've made a lot of people look very, 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 very stupid. Mm. And people hate being wrong. So, of course, naturally, to the people that bet against the Chiefs, they're going to be the villain. And then you add into the fact that, oh, they've been here for year, year after year after year after year, and the AFC simply aren't getting a look in. People are going to hate on that too. So mm. you, And then you add in the third factor into all of this. It's being played in our damn rivals' stadium. Like, sound the alarm. As an Arsenal fan... We love the fact that Arsenal have won more league titles at White Hart Lane than Tottenham Hotspur have. Genuinely, that's a thing. That's a good point, yeah. That's a genuine, like, we celebrate the fact that Arsenal haven't won a title in 20 years, fair enough. But in 1971 and 2004, Arsenal secured the league championship at White Hart Lane by getting a result in Tottenham Stadium. Tottenham have won two league titles in their entire history. Only one of them has been won at their stadium, meaning Arsenal have double the amount of title clinching games results at Tottenham Stadium than 
Spurs do. And we loved that. Arsenal have also won the league at Anfield in 89. They won the league at Old Tradford 2003. We've won the league in Stamford Bridge as well. All of these teams are considered rivals of the Chiefs. Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs twice. We've won the league, as in we've celebrated winning, clinching the title in their stadiums a total of five times between them. And as Arsenal fans, we love that. And now the Chiefs get the opportunity to do the exact same t- exact same thing in Las Vegas at the Raiders Stadium. This isn't the Broncos. This isn't the Chargers. This isn't the Bengals. This is the f-ing Raiders that we get to win the, the get an opportunity to win the Super Bowl at. The hated so, Raiders. The, the Raiders. Like I know the Broncos, the last twenty years or so, maybe thirty years, have become probably their biggest rival because of Elway, because of Manning, all of that, mm. and the fact that Broncos have been pretty good in the last thirty years. From time to time. But historically, the Chiefs' biggest rival is the Raiders. The Raiders' biggest rival is the Chiefs. It goes all the way back to the 60s. We know about this rival. And the Chiefs now have an opportunity to go into their house and win the Super Bowl on their field before they even win a playoff game in or even play a playoff game in that particular stadium. Yeah. So that's why you have this third element of being hated because you've got the whole of Las Vegas hating the Chiefs as well. It's just... Honestly, the Chiefs are the ultimate villain right now. And I just love it. I, 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 it is peak Chief supporting era right now. It, yeah. the, it cannot get any better than it is right now for Chiefs fans. Have you seen the locker room, the Raiders locker room with all oh, of the Chiefs mate, logo and everything? Side of it, it is phenomenal. Uh, when, when somebody showed me that picture, I think it might have been Corey Jones who sent me the picture. And shout out to Corey. Uh, when, he, when he showed me the picture, I was like, is that a Raiders logo up there? Raiders, and it said Raiders locker room, you know, the little sign. And then there's yeah. the, just this emblazoned with Chiefs yeah. logo all yeah. across the wall and everything. And then you see the the uh, the gold end zone that they've painted on, on oh. opening night. It's a gold end zone as well in in, yeah. in there. And it was just like, it had to be. It couldn't have been a red one. It had to be the gold end zone yeah. in the Raiders home stadium, in Arrowhead West, as we call it. Yeah. And it was... I, I can't help feeling smug about it all because, like you said, they are the huge rivals to us. If you're a Raiders fan, you must be hating every single minute of this. I mean, even the, the, the Las Vegas sphere has Patrick Mahomes throwing footballs on it. <laughs> Just, you know what I mean? Oh, you can't get away from the Chiefs in Vegas. I'm sitting there wearing black, but, you know, <laughs> this is a black for the funeral of all the Raiders fans that want to kill themselves this week. Like, because <laughs> they, they must be hating every second of this now and i, and I get, get that like the um the 49ers are going to have much of the following in the stadium i imagine so the chiefs have been to a lot of super bowls recently yeah uh, people's uh, resources funds can only go so far so obviously um some people may not be able to afford to go to get another super bowl so uh, being that the the, the 49ers haven't been in three or four years then they're probably in a better position to afford to go. So I should imagine the 49ers will have more fans. Mm. But the Chiefs, yet again, are in a position when they get to go and play party pooper, like they have done the last couple of weeks in the AFC Championship game and in the divisional rounds. And I think the Chiefs will embrace that fact that they are, although the designated home team in terms of what you get with during for the city and the stadium, I think actually on, on game day, I do think it will be very much a 49ers-led atmosphere. 
Yeah, it seems to be. I think, yeah, I think you're right. The location is going to be uh, very much favoring the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but, you know, the kingdom travels well. I think there'll be some good support there, but there's a lot of booze going to be ringing out because it's not just 49ers fans that are going to be at the Super Bowl as well. There's other fan bases there that yeah. equally don't like the Chiefs right now. Yeah. Um, and you're right, it's because the Chiefs seem to do the right things. They seem to win games, make people look bad, um, and just prove everybody wrong. Um, and then you've got the added spice that the fact that everybody thinks that uh, they brought Taylor Swift in because of some kind of agenda, political <laughs> agenda, to yeah. actually get her there. And you think, what? Really? Did you see that Goodell was actually asked about Taylor Swift's like involvement in yeah. And he was just like, like you, you looked at him, he just looked like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> seriously. Fucking idiots. Who the fuck? Gave you a media pass to get into the <laughs> stadium and ask such a stupid <laughs> question, you fucking moron. You fucking press. <laughs> but I'll answer it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what Goodell should have done. Like, I don't know how, I do not understand how people sit there and just answer some of the questions that they get asked. <sighs> uh, just, I mean, there's some of them that it, I mean, we heard some of the players uh, had some as well. And it was like, you know, again, it's like, what, what do you put in your coffee and all that kind of crap? You're like, you're a, you're you're an NFL media, yeah. right? What are what the hell are you doing? Asking what what Andy Reid puts in his coffee or whatever, you yeah. know, it, you know, or what do you do like when you you know do you have a rubber duck in the bath bath or something yeah, yeah. like that? You know, it's just it's just random shit like that that just really kind of gripes me. It, and it I would pains- love, I would honestly love it if they just said, right, ah, oh, Chris Jones, show us your last search on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would love to see. <laughs> Is that one of your questions? Is that what you're going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> oh, George Kalaftis, you've got some alone time in a hotel room. The guy you're sharing with has popped out for 20 minutes. You've got 20 minutes. What are you putting on your phone? And that's what I want to know. <laughs> Nitty gritty stuff. That's what we need. Um we're not going to spend too long on this because obviously we've got a preview to do as well because we're going to uh, obviously preview the uh, how the Chiefs can actually beat these 49ers because this is one hell of a team that, um, we've said that in the, all the way through the playoffs, this is one hell of a team. This is going to be a tough team. Um, so we will take a quick break and when we come back, we'll be talking about how the Chiefs can beat the 49ers. We'll see you soon. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. <laughs> Tom, you always mouth the words. <laughs> you do the intro and you do the break after the break as well. You do it every single time. <laughs> hundred shows. This is it now. Tom knows it word for word. A hundred yeah, shows. Either you're boring or I'm just desperate to actually take the lead one day and become the host of this. No, we're going to have to get you to do that sometime. Have you done it yet? I know. Not well, I've obviously done it in shows you've not been here, but not yeah, with that. us together. Yeah, we've, we've been recording podcasts together for, for many years now, and <laughs> we've never ever once had a situation where I've led, you've always been the host. Yeah, and so yeah, I think you I think you make for a better host than I do. I mean, you're just more natural, you can lead conversations, you're very good with your opening scripts and stuff like that. You're like Andy Reid with your first 15 plays. Where I'm a bit, I'm a bit more ad lib. I'm, yeah, you know, just make up as I go along. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't be the host of this show. Yeah, and every time I have had to host it with Rocky or whatnot, I felt so uncomfortable. Like oh, I'm yeah. currently writing a best man speech, 
Um, I'm, I'm due to be best man uh, in three or four, three or four weeks. And I'm struggling massively because I'm going to have to get up in front of 200 people and oh. yeah. And try and tell, try to be funny and not hugely offensive and not hugely. Yeah. Basically <laughs> like, cause I don't know his family particularly well. Oh I don't my know God. her family at all. And I am dreading it because like, ah, oh, Never guess what happened in France once. Oh, didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What can you say? Yeah. Once I woke up and I, I witnessed this man putting these nuts in the face of another man who was asleep. Like, can, <laughs> I, can, I, can I tell that story? Can, can I tell that story? Two hundred people, like kids around and stuff like that. You know. Well, it, I mean, probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Can you video it? Just so we can take the audio and put it on the first show of the new season. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen um, How I Met Your Mother? I don't know if you're a fan of it, but like Ted Mosby, the main character of How I Met Your Mother, um, he gets a rep of being someone that like that flops at best man speeches. Yeah. And so everyone keeps asking him to be best man. So he like folds in front of everyone and starts crying and stuff like that. And so they make a thing out of it. And um, I, I feel like that's going to be me, is that, that my reputation... Uh, as a oh hi, Tom, you're very confident, blah blah. It's just going to go completely out the window when I did his speech, and I'm like, oh, congratulations, Theo. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm worried is going to happen. I'm just going to get in front of 200 people. I'm just going to run out crying or something like that. I don't know. Let's hope the Chiefs don't do that when they run out of this field. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. go to pieces. <laughs> yeah. So preview. Here we are. Super Bowl 58. Chiefs versus 49ers. Now, there's already been some excuses being floated around, which um, I, I've, I found it quite hilarious, this, because uh, apparently the 49ers are not happy with the training facility that they're at. Apparently they're in a, a college facility somewhere. Yeah. And they've complained that the grass is, well, for want of a better word, spongy. Now we can do really big bounces. Pepper and Rebecca are doing big bounces. Now, you don't want spongy grass, I must admit. You don't really want spongy, no. but you don't really want really firm grass either, do you? But they seem to have really got it into their heads that they're not happy with this facility. And it stirred a conversation, really, about why have the Chiefs got the Raiders facilities, which are completely new, brand new, state-of-the-art. Nobody was asking that when the Chiefs were in the college facility in the last Super Bowl. Yeah. Because the Philadelphia Eagles had the Cardinals facility, didn't they? And um, and and the Chiefs had a, a college facility somewhere in Arizona, somewhere I don't know what it was, but that never got raised. It was never an issue, but now it's an issue, and now apparently the Chiefs are the villains again because of it. The fact that they're in this nice, fancy facility, which has always been the plan for the AFC team to actually get that facility. Yeah, but now because the Chiefs have got it, everybody's up in arms about it. Do you know why the Chiefs never raised it last year? It's because the Chiefs aren't an excuses-led team. Exactly. That's, that's it. And you saw it when we beat the 49ers in 2020, the talk about holds and stuff like that. Yeah. They're still Nick talking Bo- about it. Nick, Nick Bosa last week asked a question about Chiefs' offensive linemen. He said, oh, they hold a lot. Just already planting those seeds, those excuses, getting them ready. Mm. Getting them ready, putting them in the oven so you can release them on Sunday evening. Yeah. You know, that, that's what it is. And it just sounds like, ultimate little brother syndrome from the 49ers, like just mm. making excuses. And yes, the grass might be, I guess the grass might not be up to speed, 
but you would never, ever, ever hear the Chiefs making any noise about it. They might think it. They might go to the NFL behind closed doors. Yeah. They're never going to say anything publicly about it. And they're not certainly going to use any excuse. But the 49ers are clearly rattled already. And that's why they're getting the excuses in already. Oh, yeah, the Chiefs. Joan Taylor holds. Donovan Smith holds. Yeah, we practice some <laughs> grass all week. I'll tell you what. San Francisco is not that far from Las Vegas. Why don't you just travel in on Sunday? Yeah. If you're that bothered, we're traveling on Sunday. Uh, train all week at, uh, in San Francisco and then traveling on Saturday. If you're that bothered about the, um, the field, just say, no, fuck this. We can't practice on this. Yeah. This ain't good enough. We're going to go back to Fort San Francisco. We'll see you on Saturday. Yeah. They're not doing it, are they? They're not going to. And yes, the Chiefs have the Raiders facilities. So what? Luck of the draw. They just happen to get it this year. Play next year. Guess what? I don't know where the Super Bowl is, but the NFC team will get the home the home stadium um, facilities and the Chiefs will be on the road if they're in the Super Bowl again or in, in a close stadium. Mm. It is what it is. It just sounds like prophetic excuses made for a team that wants to set things in place just in case things go against them again on Sunday because their own downfalls aren't enough. We have to blame this external factor. We have to blame the pitch. We have to blame the refs. Quack. Looking at yourself, it doesn't matter about yourself. It doesn't matter the fact that you can't, Jimmy Garoppolo missed a, a wide open Emmanuel Sanders. That doesn't matter. No, no. Bill Vinovich not calling. Bill Vinovich not calling that slight crossbar from Mitch Schwartz and Wasp. Poor. That's the reason why we lost the Super Bowl. That is the only reason why we lost the Super Bowl mm. because of refs this week. Oh, do you know why we lost the Super Bowl? Taylor Swift made it in time. She was in Japan <laughs> and yeah, technology, they managed to muster up a plane that got her from Japan to Las Vegas in seven, eight hours, and she made the Super Bowl. She got there in time. And of course, because she was in the stadium, the refs, everyone said, Taylor Swift's here. So the Chiefs have to win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy, you know what you got to do? You've got to throw interceptions. Oh, Christian McCaffrey, you know what you got to do? You've got to fumble. Fred Warner, you've got to be in coverage now because Taylor Swift's here. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like... Everyone's acting like this whole entire league is rigged for the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs are just better than everyone else. That is why. And they behave better than everyone else. They do not make excuses. When they lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship a couple of years ago, did they blame any external factors? Did they? Sorry about my language, Steve. They didn't blame anything. They blame themselves. When they played against the Buccaneers, did they blame the fact that that game was played in the Buccaneers stadium, for Christ's sake? Did they complain about that? No. They just blamed themselves and they addressed their own issues. Their issue was the offensive line. So what did Brett Beach go out and do? Build a new offensive line. That's what he done. They looked at themselves. For the 49ers, I heard someone call them the San Francisco 40 Winers. I love that because that's exactly who they are. They have just got their excuses in already. But when they inevitably lose to Patrick Mahomes again in the Super Bowl on Sunday, and then they're just going to be like, oh, no, 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 this is happening. This is Taylor Swift, Bill, Bill Vinovich. It was spongy grass. Spongy grass. <laughs> off. I'm sorry. I've just had enough of it. And I'm, I really apologize about all the language. Karen advisory and all that. Shit, but I mean, I'm, we made it to 100 episodes. So we can say what we want now. That's it. We're basically God tier of this podcast now. It's fine. We can say what we want. But yeah, I apologize. But it's just winding me up listening to all this shit that they're talking this week. Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't sorry think it's just them either, is it? It's not just it's not just the 49ers that are obviously making the excuses. We're, we're hearing all the excuses of... 
you know, why we're having Taylor Swift on TV a lot, why we're, you know, why is it always the Chiefs? The Chiefs always get the calls from the refs. We we are probably, was it Nick Wright had actually said, he proved it, that the the, the refs' decisions completely go against the Chiefs. Mm. Like, massively go against the Chiefs. There's a rank somewhere, and I don't, I don't know where they came on the rank, but they were very, very low, like getting actual benefit from the refs. The amount of, the amount of penalties they penalize, are penalised for massively outweighs the amount of yards yeah. they actually gain from penalties. Yeah. Um, that's because we create a lot of fouls, basically. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the, But the, there is this narrative out there that the Chiefs have the refs. Yeah. And I suppose it's that Patriots thing again, isn't it? Oh, it's always the refs. The refs are always on the on Tom Brady's side. It's always Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. And I'm going to own up a little bit here. I'm I understand completely how the Patriots felt in their <laughs> dynasty era. I really yeah. do. I get it now. I completely understand it because there is this narrative or narratives out there that it is all about the Chiefs getting everything their way, and it so isn't. They've had to go through one of the hardest playoff runs ever that I've ever probably known. I mean, it's to, to knock off the, the 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 Dolphins and a number two and number one seed on the way to playing another one seed in the Super Bowl, this could be one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen. But apparently, oh no, it's the refs. Oh no, it's the spongy grass. Oh no, it's just because Taylor Swift's there. She's the good luck charm. <laughs> The NFL wants the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl because they want secretly want Taylor Swift to perform there and stuff like that. It yeah. just, it just, it's tiring. I think yeah. that's what it is. I think what we felt this year, it's just so tiring to hear all of these excuses and nobody really give the flowers to the Chiefs players, the Chiefs organization yeah. for actually being in this position right now yeah. of being. A, a perennial Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I, I get your frustration. I get why you had that bit of an outburst right there, mate, because it's just been, you just want to give somebody a, a head a shake, don't you? Yeah. Especially these 49 players. Enough is enough. Just come on. Yeah. Anyway. Look, look, look in the mirror. That's, that's all I say. Just look in the mirror. And this is a team that we've given so much credit for all season, the 49ers. Like, yeah. We we both said that they would represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. Like we've mm. both been like high as a kite on this team, no pun intended. Um, like every week with 49 with their power rankings and AP, they've always been ranked high. I don't even think they've slipped out the top five once, even when they went on a, like a, a losing streak in the middle of the season. They were still mm. top five. They hung about in there because of the talent they have. They are so much better than the excuses that they are make giving already. Yeah. That's the annoying thing. Like, and that's where I have so much respect for the Chiefs because we do not behave in that way. We do not make excuses. When we play poorly, we own up to it. We, we have a sense of accountability and we try to make it better. But th for them to sit there and complain about other things already, refs, holds, soggy fields or whatever, spongy fields or whatever, yeah. like, that just doesn't sit right with me. Like, just, just be pissed off, but put up and shut up and just come out and do something about it on the field on, on Sunday. That's why I don't like it. But I still think they've like the 49ers, without, although they have made all those excuses, they are still a, like a phenomenal football team that mm. can come out and cause all manner of problems for this Chiefs team. That is for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, just looking at the teams, I saw a stat as well this week that uh, 36 Chiefs players on this current roster obviously have Super Bowl experience. They've either won it or been in one. Uh, and only 12 on the 49ers side. Um, so even I thought that was quite crazy because this team, this Chiefs team, so young, and yet 
they've already got that wealth of experience of how to win a yeah. Super Bowl. Um, that's the thing that really kind of gives me that that confidence that this team knows exactly what they're doing and how to get here. Granted, there are some weapons on the 49ers. There are a lot of weapons on the 49ers, especially on the offensive some side weapons. of it. That's the understatement of it. Uh, yeah, there is a lot. <laughs> there weapons. is a lot of weapons. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you look at the, the weapons that Brock Purdy's had, he's going to shine in that team. He is absolutely going to shine. But I'm not going to take that away from him because you still have to be the quarterback. You still have to be that guy that, to- that tosses the ball to the players or, you know, calls the players. <laughs> and Brock Purdy has been phenomenal. Uh, for somebody who's Mr. Irrelevant, has been phenomenal. He's 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 just whole. I don't know what it is. It's just his whole mannerism, his whole the way he ha- holds himself. Um, even in the opening night interviews and stuff, he just seems really cool, really calm, really calculated. So I don't think he's that I, kind of player. I just want to inter- be- I want to interrupt you quickly, right? So obviously Brock, Brock Purdy's performance and his stature in the league is obviously been under scrutiny a little bit of a uh, little bit recently yeah so when you say he's phenomenal do you do you call him phenomenal in relation to his draft position or do you think he's a genuinely phenomenal quarterback no i th- i think it's how he's handled himself and how he's he's not been phased by it all let's put it this way um i mean we saw uh was it nick bosa was talking to him in the in in the locker room after the last game and he's like how how are you doing this how are you doing this you know it, i think it's just his whole mannerism and how he's just doesn't seem to be shaken by anything he's not affected by much he just seems to believe in his own ability granted he's probably not going to be ever mentioned as being one of the the greatest quarterbacks around but the way he's just managed himself in the whole process and just not even thinking about the Mr. Irrelevant thing at all. Just basically, he was told to go and play quarterback. He's gone and, go and, play, gone and played quarterback on the 49ers and things have happened. And I think that's, I think the building of the respect from the, the players around him has been the big thing here because they say that he's not even bothered by draft position. And I think you're right. I think the draft position thing here is, it has been the phenomenal thing about it. He's a young player, loads of confidence in his own ability, and he doesn't seem phased at the fact that he's playing with all of these superstars on the 49ers. He's not phased because they're making his life so much easier. That's why. Well, yeah, exactly. Like you look at the 49ers and who they've got, like weapons wise, just at the top of my head, you've got Kittle, Samuel, Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey. Debo. Yeah, Debo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, is is there a better set of weapons in the NFL than those four players, with two receivers, tight end, and a, and a running back? Like you're looking at probably potentially what two Hall of Fame players there in Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle, mm. and then D- Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who are very very good receivers as well. And Debo yeah. Samuel less so of a receiver, but more so of like an offensive weapon that offers him that variety. Yeah. So he is certainly in like a beneficial position as a quarterback like i don't don't think brock purdy would have as much success with any other team um but i don't want to use that as a knock on him like the 49ers have very much said to him right come in run the offense just run the offense let go car shannon build it mm. and let you run it and all i want you to do is execute just execute what the plays are and like it can be hard for some players to do that some players have not got that in them just to mm. go and like basically follow instruction and execute. And then on the old occasion, when it does break down three hours, create plays after that. Because Brock Purdy does that does have that ability. But first and foremost, it's this is the offense. 
this is what we want you to do. In this scenario, you have this read, you take this player. If that player's not open, you take this second read and you take that player. If that's not open, then you go to the third read. And like, I know it sounds very simplistic, but that's all they've asked him to do is just to be a break it down, read the defense, go through your progressions and take what is given to you. Mm. And some quarterbacks find that phenomenally hard to do. But Brock Purdy seems to do it very, very, very well. Now, he hasn't got the arm talent that other quarterbacks have. He hasn't got the big play-making ability of other quarterbacks have. I don't think any 49ers fan is going to come on this show and start shouting at us or leaving a review shouting at us for saying that because he's not. He's not in the same league as Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. But what Brock Purdy doesn't do, he doesn't particularly hurt his team very often. No. And you don't when you've got a team as good as the 49ers have and you have those weapons, that is the perfect quarterback for this system. It's something that Jimmy G done pretty well to begin with, but then he kind of towered away. And then they were looking for that other guy to come in and do the same. They obviously went for Trey Lance, who they thought could potentially have the ability to take them over the top when it comes to quarterback, run the offense and then make the big play. But that didn't work out because then you had this Mr. Irrelevant come in and Brock Purdy, <laughs> who has just been brilliant since he come in. And I don't want to sit here and bash Brock Purdy because it sounds like I am, but I don't I, I, I think he's a brilliant player. And like, it's going to be a, sh- a shame if the Chiefs do lose this court, they do lose this game. People go, oh, Patrick Mahomes lost to Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just losing to Brock Purdy, is it? It's like, you, know, you are losing to Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kill. You are losing to all of those guys. It's not just a case of Mahomes versus Purdy. Oh, if the 49ers wins, Brock Purdy's definitely a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes because you're not, I don't feel like that's ever going to be in question. But some people will lose, use it as an excuse to bash Mahomes afterwards if it does happen well nobody's going to say the same thing about Eli Manning over Tom Brady are they that, that's yeah. you know that's that was clearly not a thing but no going on what, what you're saying I mean we've seen talent more talented quarterbacks in the league they've gone really high you know first round first overall pick a lot of the time mm-hmm. that haven't been able to make it happen in the NFL and yet you've got some kid there who's class as Mr. Irrelevant nobody even saw him get drafted <laughs> you know um He's slotted in perfectly, and he's handled it perfectly, and he's not been phased by it. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a great little story that you know he's he's managed to achieve what he's achieved. Uh, but like you said, the supporting cast really is. I mean, a lot of them are like leading men. To be honest, aren't they? they're not really supporting yeah. cast. He's the supporting cast with a lot of leading men in there. Yeah, yeah um, it it is going to be interesting to see how he handles this kind of pressure because he's handled it pretty well over the over the course of the playoff but this is the Super Bowl now is he going to still be Mr. Ice Cold is he going to be even more ice cold than Patrick Holmes mm. we'll obviously wait and see on that but I'm interested to see how what Spags does to counter this this 49ers offense because I was going to get into this yeah sorry if I ruined your segue but no I, no go for it go for it I, I am intrigued by it because obviously typically so far in the playoffs the Chiefs have been like right we load the box we mm. trust Sneed and we trump, trust McDuffie and then we're just like right let the other nine defenders concentrate on the offensive line running game and against the quarterback where the 49ers probably have a few more weapons to account for than mm. than say that. So obviously the big mismatch is obviously going to be George Kittle here because George Kittle was a phenomenal receiver still as a tight end. Like he, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he's still very good. Mm. And I, I am concerned if Willie Gay can't go, although he should be, who actually covers George Kittle because you expect that Trent McDuffie or um, Legere Sneed will follow 
Ayuk and Debo, but it's going to be what do they do about George Kittle? So I would be tempted if I'm Spags to actually bring LJ in. I'm calling him LJ now. The Jarius need LJ. Um, I, I am. I would be tempted if I was uh, uh, Spags to bring LJ inside and maybe have him go one on one against George Kittle potentially mm-hmm. in the obvious pass it does. But I am intrigued by that and how they handle Christian McCaffrey leaking out the backfield. Because mm-hmm. unlike the Ravens, Brock Purdy hasn't like isn't the threat on the ground that Lamar Jackson was. So you don't really have to worry too much about that. You can try, you can should be able to with your passers keep him in the pocket and hopefully make him a sit and duck in that sense. But if things start to break down and Christian McCaffrey is there, he's like the ultimate outlet player for, yeah. for anyone, any uh, quarterback. So I'm intrigued to see what they do in terms of trying to cover him. Do they use Willie Gay? Do they use Drew Tranquil, do they try and use a cornerback or a safety to potentially watch Christian McCaffrey? I, I do think he's like a player that uh, like kind of offers so many problems for opposing defences. And if I'm Spags, I'm sitting there trying to game plan for this game and I go, right, where does my game plan need to start? And if I'm him, I think your game plan has to start with Christian McCaffrey. Like against the Ravens and the Bills, it was obvious. Your game yeah. plan starts with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. But against the 49ers, for all this credit we're given to Brock Purdy in the last five minutes of the show, I don't feel like your focus can be on Brock Purdy. No. It has to be on Christian McCaffrey. It simply has to. Because remember, that we're only like four years removed from the Super Bowl in Miami. And the 49ers were having a whale of a time against the Chiefs in the first three quarters. They weren't scoring loads of points. They were moving the ball. But then what did Shanahan do in the fourth quarter after Mahomes started to gain some momentum? He panicked. Mm. And he started passing the ball. And and that night, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey. This time, they do. And I feel like Kyle Shanahan is probably going to be in a better, better position because he now has two Super Bowls that he's f***ed up. One with, the four, one with the Falcons, one with the 49ers, where he's messed up by uh, abandoning, abandoning the run. Mm. I don't feel like he's going to make the same mistake. He surely can't make the same mistake again. Can't mess up a third Super Bowl by abandoning the run. And no. so if you're Spags, your entire defensive game plan has to be around stopping Christian McCaffrey first and then worry about everyone else second. Christian McCaffrey is too much of a temptation not to use. He's... Yeah. That type of player, he's you know he makes things happen. But yeah, you, going back to what you were saying about George Kittle as well, yeah, he's a good receiving threat, but he's also great at blocking as well. And if 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 they can get Kittle for blocking uh, Christian McCaffrey in that run game, that's going to be a devastating kind of combination for for this mm-hmm. Chiefs defense, like you said. And there's the other thing as well is is Spags likes to dial up the blitz quite a bit. He he, he did it a lot against the Ravens, yeah, um, but. When you look at the stats against Brock, Brock Purdy, his passer rating under the blitz is 1-2-8. So clearly there's outlets there that he can get to that he can just fling the ball out yeah. to, no problem, or he can uh, just hand it off to someone, can he? So if you're bringing the blitz, they're going to kill you. Yeah, They're going to kill you every time. So I, I'm with you. Do, they, do the Chiefs design it now where they just load the box, like you said, but not bring the blitz, try and stop that run, and then obviously, you know, let McDuffie and Snead do the rest. But I, I'm I'm with you on this one. I don't know how he's going to play it because it is very different. It's almost like flipped, isn't it, where he said you're not going for a, a top-end quarterback here. You're going for the top-end running back here. I think that's going to be the key battle in this. I think that's going to be the win or loss in this. Do you stop See, Christian I think, McCaffrey? I've, I think the key battle, and the fact that it could be his last game as a Chief as well, 
Chris Jones needs to have the game of his life. Yes. Um, because you're talking about how good they are against the Blitz. If they're that good against the Blitz, you can't Blitz. You have no. to win with four. You just ascend four every time. You have to win with four. And yeah. I, I've watched some some bits and bobs from the Lions game. I didn't catch the game live, but from what I've seen, it's the, the 49ers actually struggled a little bit in that game of internal pressure. And mm. we happen to have the best, the best internal pass rusher in the NFL. So if you're Chris Jones and you want to sign off from Kansas City with another incentive, no doubt, and some more money and go go running into the sunset with your millions upon millions of dollars going to be a free agent, then give us a present and go out there and have a two, two and a half sack game. Yeah. Get your hands on loads of footballs. Like you did in Super Bowl 54, where you kind of just dominated that game, especially mm. in the fourth quarter. Chris Jones took over that game. So I, I think it's under understated how important Chris Jones was. Obviously, people talk about Wasp. People talk about, obviously, Damian Williams playing brilliantly. Frank Clark. Frank Clark. <laughs> but Chris Jones was phenomenal in Super Bowl 54, and he mm. took that game over in the second half. Chris Jones needs another game like that on Sunday. Because if they're not blitzing and they're going to try and win with four against this quarterback and this quick passing offense by the 49ers, you have to win quickly. And the one player defender that we have capable of winning quickly is Chris Jones. Yeah, I'm looking at you, 95. Like, go go running off to the sunset with two and a half sacks in the Super Bowl. Another Lombardi trophy, please, bud. <laughs> Let's look at the Chiefs' offense quickly before we get out of here because um, the Chiefs' offense, we've said all along all season, it has been spluttering. It hasn't been the prolific scoring machine that we've been accustomed to all these years. Um, But they do seem to find the points when it's needed. Now, I've always been a little bit concerned about facing the likes of Nick Bosa in this, but I want to get your thoughts on this. How do we suppress a player like Nick Bosa? Because, yeah, we've got obviously a great player in Chris Jones on the other side of the ball. But Nick Bosa, he's a wrecking ball, isn't he? A one-man wrecking ball. Now. Do you just screen him out of the game? Is that what you do? Or do you just get Holmes just to do what he tries to do and try to scramble out of the pocket whenever he can just to try and even reduce the threat from Nick Bosa? What, how, how, how does Mahomes play this? I don't think you have to be as scared of Nick Bosa as you once had to be. Yeah. To be honest, like, he's not the same player he was a few years ago. Like, obviously, in that, that particular Super Bowl, 54, oh. he he was on one. He was probably the best player on the field mm. that day. And he was very, very, very unfortunate to be on the losing team. Like Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher had their hands full with him that particular mm. day. But that was four years ago. And you look at his contribution this year, and it's still very good. Like 10 and a half sacks is still a very, very reasonable uh, amount for him. But he's basically played every single game this year, which is unusual mm. for himself. But his sack total is like eight down from last year. Really? Five down from the year before. So, yes, he's a phenomenal player, but I don't feel like he's the force that he once was. Now, you can argue that Donovan Smith and Jawan Taylor are a step down from Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher. Like, I, I, well, I don't think there's an argument to be had. They are a massive downgrade on those two players. Yeah. But I think the continuity of the offensive line right now is better than it has been in a very, very long time. Like, Mahomes has been afforded quite a bit of time recently. Mm. Like, okay, not maybe not less so in the second half against the Ravens, but the Ravens' defensive line is a lot better than the 49ers' defensive line. Mm. And they have been all season. And 
Ravens were in a situation where they absolutely had to stop Mahomes from taking over the game. So, so they did everything they could. They they covered uh, like they covered the flats. They covered all the short throws as quickly as they could to stop Mahomes using moving the ball. The Ra- the 49ers defense isn't as good as the Ravens. It's nowhere near as good as the Ravens defense. It's not as multi-layered as the Ravens defense. The defensive mm-hmm. coordinator isn't as good. So like this unit isn't comparable to the Ravens. So the Chiefs are going to be in a much better position offensively to be able to move the ball. So I don't feel like you have to particularly worry about Nick Bosa as such as a player. What you have to be wary of as the Chiefs is overconfidence, mm. is thinking, oh, we haven't turned the ball over in X amount of games. Like we we Mahomes hasn't made any mistakes. Like, don't get overconfident. Do what you've been doing all year. Rely on the defense. And, well, I say doing all year, doing what you've done recently, rely on the defense and just don't turn the ball over. Mm. Score touchdowns when you can, but if you have to settle for three points, then take the three points. And I think that's what's been like the good thing about watching this Chiefs offense recently is that they have realized that they are limited. Yeah. Uh, They can't do some of the things that they wanted to do previously, that they felt like they've been able to do previously. So what have they done? They've been like, actually, let's just not get in the team's way. Let's play a complete game, complementary football. Let's let's make sure that the defense are the stars of this this show, and we don't ruin it for them. And I think if you're the Chiefs and you're trying to plan offensively, that's the way you've got to go. Just don't get in the team's way because you haven't got the firepower that you had before. Yes, you still got Kelsey. Yes, you got Pacheco. Yes, you got Rice. But you haven't got like the flip the game on its head player like you used to in Tyreek Hill. You can't do that anymore. So just don't be stupid. Just look after the football, take points when you can get them. And if they do that, I think the Chiefs will be fine. It's whether they, if they start to force to force it, that's when the Chiefs might be found wanting a little bit. It's a very different Mahomes at the moment, isn't it? Compared yeah. to what it was in Super Bowl 54. Like it's, you said, it's Tom Brady Mahomes right now. That's all it is. It's Tom yeah, it is. Yeah, he's very Brady-esque, isn't he? Where he's just, yeah, yeah making sure he's just managing. Oh, dare I say it? It's Brock Purdy Mahomes. That's what it is. <laughs> it's Brock Purdy Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, just making sure that he doesn't do the uh, the plays that, that, that really kind of uh, put the Chiefs in a real a real hole, really. Um, but you're right. It, it is. It, it's very different to... Uh, Super Bowl 54 Mahomes where you, you know the big players are the thing that were he was always looking for he was always looking for the Hollywood passes wasn't he and now he's not like that he's just not like that anymore it can't be predictions I'm going to go with a quietly confident Chiefs 24 49ers 14 say that again 24-19 24-14 14 yeah 10 point difference the Chiefs ever lost in the Allegiant Stadium? They haven't, have they? Um, nope. I think the Chiefs do get crowned Super Bowl champions again. Yeah. I, um, which is mad, by the way. Third time in five years, like back to back champions. I do think it happens. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be really nervy though. Yeah. Really, really nervy. Like last year. Probably worse because there will be less points scored. Hmm. Like last year always felt like a whoever had the ball last type of game is going to win. Yeah. Where I feel this game would probably be more like the AFC Championship game, which was just horrible to watch. Like knowing that your team couldn't do anything and the like, they was never really that safe. It was just praying yeah. for the defense to do something, weren't you? Just yeah, praying exactly. that they were just going to hold like them off. Be, yeah. I think the Chiefs will win. 
and I think they win twenty to seventeen. Right. Um, I yeah. think it's going to be real tight, real, real tight. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the other way around and they won twenty to seventeen. Mm. Um, I'd be gutted because a few weeks ago my expectations of this team were so low, and I was kind of like ready for the season to be over i felt like oh, if the season's over in against buffalo it is what it is we've been crap this year but now we've got <laughs> I was here. in exactly the same place yeah. as you exactly but now we've got here i'm like actually i really want to win i really want to win this game because the opportunities don't come around that often well they do clearly actually four times in five years but they shouldn't come around that often yeah and the Chiefs have an opportunity now to go back to back first time since the patriots in 2004 a team defense successfully defends their super bowl champion uh trophy so yeah, I hope they do. I think they do. That might just be the homerism in me coming out a little bit. You kind of want them to finish it off, don't you? Yeah. This amazing playoff run. Just finish it off. Complete the whole thing. Yeah. Be on the coattails of Tom Brady and obviously his achievements at, at 28 years old, you know, yeah. um, and be the man, basically. And just anger everybody for the for the remainder of the next season. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. And yeah. I do believe they can do it. I do believe that we've got the pieces that'll do it. We've got the coaching staff that'll do it. We've got the belief and the culture that the that the Chiefs are going to do it. Yeah. I just think the 49ers might just get a little bit overwhelmed on this. Um whether it's Brock Purdy, I don't know. Um, but we'll see. I'm 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 really looking forward to it though. I'm I'm actually this is the Super Bowl now that I'm really excited to watch in a way that I'm not going to get I don't feel as though I'm going to get as nervy as I was in the last few because I already feel that this Chiefs organization has proven a lot of doubters wrong. And to, even just to be in the dance at the minute has just been fantastic. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to actually just sitting back, chilling out, watching this game, just play out and see what happens. Off. You're not going to be chilling out. You're going to be nervous <laughs> as hell on Sunday night and we all know it. <laughs> I will be throwing stuff at that TV. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, right, let's get out of here, mate. So that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, We'll be back next week, but will we be celebrating another Chiefs Super Bowl win? Win Mm. season finale as well, by the way, next week. It is, yeah, it is. We get a long break. Well, say a long break. It's not a long break, is it really? Not not these days, anyway, when you're a Chiefs fan. Uh, But as usual, please let us know your thoughts on the show by leaving a review on the Arrowhead Pride Network channel on Apple Podcasts. All that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another. We'll speak to you again soon. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.